Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. How do you 
we owe them such a huge debt, we can never really fully repay it. There's no way to to even out the the scales. What we can do, though, is to remember them by telling their stories and then also telling folks what they had in their minds, why they did it, what they meant when they decided that they would govern themselves and to help keep the keep the nation that they died to bring into existence to help keep the freedoms and liberties safeguarded. And that's what we try and do every weekend of the year somewhere in the United States and uh, at a location within a reasonable driving distance from you is an Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship two-day weekend clinic. <clears throat> so at the two-day clinic, what are you, what, you going to learn there? What are they going to teach you? Well, like I said, you're going to learn the fundamentals of rifle marksmanship. And this has been put together in a very slick, uh, compressed package. These are the the skills and techniques that it would normally take you uh, uh, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years to get, to get them all in one place. And uh, we're going to give you a jump on that by doing it all in one weekend. Now, I'm not telling you that we're going to make you uh, a fantastic shooter or a high-power shooter or anything like that in one weekend. What I'm going to tell you is that we can give you the skills and techniques that you will need to put you on that path. And we'll do that in one weekend. <clears throat> we'll teach you uh, slings, proper sling use, and the different kinds of slings you can use. We're going to teach you how to build a stable shooting position. Uh, we're going to teach you the six steps to firing the shot. We're going to teach you about natural point of aim. Uh, we're going to teach you about inches, minutes, clicks, and how they relate to your rifle. Uh, we're going to tell you about the rifleman's bubble, the rifleman's dance. Uh, we're going to tell you a, a whole full weekend of stuff that is going to put you on the road to becoming a rifleman. Now, that includes the the history of the folks that we consider riflemen. We're going to tell you about the history of how uh, the folks stood together in ranks at Lexington and at the North Bridge in Concord and at, along Battle Road. We're going to tell you what it means to be a rifleman. You know, you can get a rifleman's patch by shooting 210 or above on the AQT, the Army Qualification Test. That's one of the tools that we use, a diagnostic tool that we use for telling uh, us how how well you're understanding the skills and techniques that we're showing you. You can get a patch by shooting uh, a score of 210 or above on that, and that will get you a rifleman's patch. That doesn't make you a rifleman. That just means you shot the rifleman standards, but we will teach you and tell you about what it means to be a rifleman. <clears throat> and this is very important. You know, there our history has been fading away, fading away, fading away, so that now you can be told almost anything that this nation stands for almost anything and in reality what folks are being told nowadays is 
is a variation of uh, what you've heard before, which is this nation doesn't stand for anything, so it will fall for everything. And that's not the case. I mean, we have a a constitution that, as far as I can tell, is not a living, breathing document. I mean, it's a very... It's a very steadfast, very set and carved in stone document that that sets out very explicitly the things that this nation is and that it is not. And one of the things that uh, the document will tell you is that the government is not the president or the Congress or the Senate. The government is not any of the alphabet acronym agencies the government and I, I I see the government standing right in front of me every time I do an apple seed event at least a small part of it because the government is we the people of these United States the people are the government everyone else the president, the congressmen, the senators, everyone else, uh, city councilmen, mayors, governors, etc., everybody else, are they're just placeholders set there to do the bidding of the people, not the other way around. It's not that uh, you should approach your senator, your congressman, on bended knee so that you may beg a boon of them. They're there to do your bidding. Now, we explain this too on Appleseed Weekends that the best way for you to get your bidding done is not by not by treating them like they treat you. You can't go in there, barge into the office, and start saying, you shall do my bidding, because they'll just escort you right out. What you're going to have to do is let them know in a, uh, in a very polite, uh, non-rambling manner what your needs are, what your wishes are, what your expectations of them as your representative, as your servant are. And tell them this in a polite fashion so that they'll understand. I, you should always give them the benefit of the doubt. The reason they're not doing the right thing is because they just didn't know what the right thing to do was. And uh, once they know, then they should be doing it. And if they're not, then you should be taking steps to make sure that uh, that their replacement understands uh, what the parameters of the job are, and then make sure that they get replaced. That's what your job is. You're, anyone who thinks that <clears throat> that change uh, is going to come from the barrel of a gun are sadly mistaken. Uh, and would that it were that easy sometimes, because that certainly seemed like a very... Uh, uh, a, a very uh, non-ambiguous way to make change happen, right? But that's not the way it's going to happen. The way it's going to happen is with you becoming a functioning part of the government, of governing yourself, as we were meant to do. Americans were meant to govern themselves. You go back and you read uh, the different books about the American Revolution, and you read about why they fought. Why did they fight? Why did they, why did they start fighting? Was that the taxes? The taxes were so small, they were almost unnoticeable in most cases. Now, there were some punitive taxes uh, that were very damaging, but 
but most of the uh, most of the intolerables got pushed back. They got uh, uh, rescinded, and what was left was a very tiny tax. So, what was what was the point of that? Why were they fighting? Was it because they were uh, reading all of the uh, flammatory uh, oration of that time period? Uh, and the answer is one that shouldn't surprise you. The answer uh, was written down, and uh, there's a, uh, a good explanation of this in David Hackett Fisher's book, Paul Revere's Rod. They were interviewing one of the men who had fought at Lexington, uh, or fought at uh, uh, either the North Bridge or along Battle Road. They asked him why he was fighting. <clears throat> and uh, they asked him if it was a tax. He said, no, no, I uh, I never never saw any of those tax stamps, never paid any of it. They asked him if he had, uh, it was because of what he'd read. If he had read uh, some of the works of the time of Locke or or any of the other folks that uh, that were uh, prevalent at that time. And he said, nope. He said the only thing he'd really read was uh, his church hymnal. And they said, well, what is it then? And they asked him specifically. They said, what made you, what was it that made you go to war? And he turned that back right back around. He said, you mean, why? what did we go to war for? Because nothing made him do anything. You could hear the the pioneer uh, independent spirit right there in the way he read these sentences back. Nothing made him go to war. I doubt there was that, that very much of anybody or anything made him do anything. He said, young fellow, if you want to know the reason we went to war, it was because we had always governed ourselves, and they meant that we shouldn't. That is the essence of it right there. We had always governed ourselves, and they meant that we shouldn't. You can't go to a country that has received self-governing charters and has been running for close to two centuries and and self-governing, and then all of a sudden tell them, well, listen, <clears throat> you know, you've been governing yourself for a couple of hundred years now, but we're going to change that. And instead of you doing what you think is right thousands of miles away from here, we're going to start uh you're going to start bowing before us and you're gonna do what we tell you to do, whether it's ridiculous or not, and whether you like it or not. No man is going to accept that type of a situation. No man is. And yet I say that and look at where we are today. We're just, uh, we're accepting with the big A. And that's not right. Our job is to make sure that we're safeguarding the freedoms and liberties that living in this nation affords us. And you guys hear me say this all the time. But that doesn't mean I'm going to stop saying it. And that is... You're not an American because somebody writes your name down on a slip of paper. Yep, I'm an American. Got it right here. Got a piece of paper saying I'm an American. See it right here. Big A, little M, E-R-I-C-A-N, American. 
you're an American when you accept that you have a sacred responsibility to safeguard the freedoms and liberties that living in this nation affords you. That means you're going to have to take an active step in self-governing. And when we talk about accepting this sacred responsibility, along with that, you have to understand that this is an open-ended, non-delegatable responsibility. And by that I mean that there's no expiration date, there's no time limit, there is no uh, uh, there is no full mark on it, there's no end to it. It doesn't end. As long as you're living, as long as you're breathing, you have a responsibility to safeguard the freedoms and liberties that living in this nation affords you. And it's non-delegatable. That means you can't say, look, I'm going to I'm going to let my brother take care of that. He's he pays more attention to what's going on uh in Washington than I do and uh you know, I don't want to get involved with that. So, I'll let him do it. He can vote for me. Uh I'll let my dad do it. He he was always really active in that and you know, he was always yelling at the TV and and uh, you know, he was the uh uh, the Republican or the Democratic uh, 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 person in the uh, in the in the county, I'll let him take care of it. I'll let my doctor take care of it. Whenever he's giving me the exam, he's always asking me about the politics and stuff, so he must know a lot about it. I'll let him. I'll let him take care of it. And the worst one, the absolute worst one. Isn't that what my senator is supposed to do? He's supposed to be taking care of me. I'll let him do it. He'll take care of me. He won't do anything that uh, that would be dangerous or damaging to my freedoms or liberties. I'll let my senator or my congressman take care of it. And listen, I'm not disparaging those folks. Uh, some of them, uh, I think, sometimes try and do their best. What I'm saying is that nobody, this is not delegatable to anyone. In the same way that uh, you would no sooner take your life savings, put it in a paper sack, walk out on the street and say, that fellow walking down the street towards me now, he looks kind of, he looks good. He's got a good haircut. He dresses okay. I trust him. And walk up to him and say, hey, buddy, this is my life savings. I want you to invest this for me and uh, and do a good job with it. And then let me know how it's going every now and then. Here's my phone number and my address. Just take this money and invest it, okay, because I trust you. Would you do that? Uh, I'm sure some people would. Maybe they would. I don't know. They're doing it right now. They're doing the same thing. Just because it as an intangible, your freedom and your liberty, it's an abstract, doesn't mean it's any different, that doing it any different than it would be with uh, with your bag of money. Nobody knows how to spend your money better than you. It's the exact same thing. 
You know best what you need. You know best where your money should go. I told you that I thought when I got back from the military, I said, look, I did six years. I did. Uh, I put myself in harm's way voluntarily, and uh, and now I'm back, and I'm in one piece, and I consider my my debt to my nation paid. And, uh, I, you know, I, I could see how some people would think that because I thought it. I said, look, you know, I did six years, and a lot of these folks here did nothing. Uh, you know, for every for every person that goes and volunteers to serve their nation, you know, there's uh, there's five or 10,000 that sit at home and don't. They sit at home and they enjoy the free ride of uh, of safety guaranteed, guaranteed by the men and women serving in uniform. But that still doesn't pay my debt. Like I said, it's an open-ended obligation. And I finally realized that, uh, oh, seven or eight years ago. And it was kind of shocking to me because because thinking that you've paid a bill you know, for many, many years, and then seeing that bill pop up and say, well, I thought I'd paid this, is kind of a shocking thing. And and then you look at it and you say, man, oh, man, oh, man. No, you know, I didn't pay it, and I don't know why I would have thought that. There is no end to my responsibility especially when you start having children you get to the you get to that point when you have children when it's just you yourself just one person or maybe even just you and your wife <clears throat> i think some people find it easier to say well you know uh, you know i'm already halfway through my life or something like that and you know i'm sure i can handle whatever is is dished out you know how no matter how unpalatable it may be but then you have children, you say, I, I don't want this for them. I don't want. I want something better for my children. And you realize the only way that you're going to get something better for your children is to do something about it, is to shoulder the responsibility. And that's what you're going to have to do. That's what we all have to do. And I don't consider it any different than uh, than borrowing somebody's car. You know, when you borrow somebody's car, you're expected to give it back in at least as good a condition as you got it, and hopefully better. As Americans, as human beings, we should always want to hand something back in better condition than we got it. The same thing goes for this nation. You know, it was handed to us from the hands of people who fought for it, who died for it, by the hundreds of thousands, by the millions. They died so that we could have what we have now, so that we could continue to make it better, so that we could maintain it, so that we could hand it off bright and shiny to those who come after, not run it into the ground, 
and hand it to uh, the next generation out of gas with four flat tires and a broken windshield and no review mirrors and a hole in the radiator. We're supposed to give it back better than we got it. So how are we going to do that? How are we going to make sure it's better? Well, we're going to start off by making sure that, that we ourselves are the best people that we can be. And that's, you can say it in one sentence, uh, and it's almost as hard as saying, uh, or as easy as saying, let's pay off the national debt. You can say that in one sentence, right? I didn't have to, it didn't take me an hour uh, of uh, multi-syllable words to say it. I just said, we'll pay off the national debt. But it's a lot harder than just saying it. Well, it's the same thing for being the best person you can be. That's that's a tall order, too. But the only way to do something is to do it. The only way to... Uh, you remember the Chinese proverb, no matter how long a journey it is, the journey always begins with one step. You're standing there stationary. You take the one foot, you lift it off the ground, you move it forward uh, a couple of feet, you set it back down, and that is step one. And that's what we have to do, and that's what we're doing now. Every weekend of the year, that's how I got started in this. That's how I got started on trying to make myself the best person I can be. And believe me, I'm way, way away from from reaching my goal. But I, also believe me that I knew it was going to take a long time too. So, so uh, I got started doing it. The way you can get started is by going to an Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship event and uh, and listening to what the folks have to say there. And uh, even though even though it seems like a huge order, and that's one of the reasons so many people don't get involved in trying to trying to do something about the nation, is because it seems as though it's a very daunting task. Where would I get started? How would I even think about beginning? How could I possibly even get started? It's, the task is too huge. It's like walking out to your garage... Uh, after you haven't done anything with it, especially if it's a big garage, two-car, three-car garage, with a barn attached to the back, and you say, okay, I'm going to clean the garage today, and you look at it, and you look at it, and you try to figure out two or three different angles of attack, and finally you say, okay, I'm going to work on the car instead. Because it seems like there is no good way to get started. But, But in this case, there is. You can go to an Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship Weekend, listen to what the folks there have to say, get some, get energized from the weekend, realize that there are going to be people on the left of you and on the right of you on the firing line that feel the same way as you. You're not alone. You're, you're not alone in trying to figure out how to, uh, how to pick this prickly pear we're all there with you. Everybody's trying to figure it out, and uh, we're going to get you started on an apple seed weekend. And 
So how would you how would you figure out uh, where to go? How to get started? Well, let me give you a hand there. You can go to rwva.org. That is the the homepage for Appleseed. rwva.org. Romeo Whiskey Victor Alpha.org. That's our homepage. At the top of the homepage, you'll see a row of tabs. <clears throat> the second from the left at the top says Appleseed. You put your cursor on that Appleseed. You'll get a drop-down menu. Move your cursor to the Schedule tab and click on that. Then I'll take you to the page that has a picture of the United States on it, a map of the United States. You can either put your cursor on the state where you wish to attend an event, or you can, uh, you want to see what events are going on all across the nation. <clears throat> There's a hot link embedded in the text above the map, and you click on that, and that'll take you to the page that has uh, all of the events listed on it. So you go to rwva.org, look at uh, the tabs across the top. You'll see the apple seed tab. Put your cursor on that. Click on Schedule. That'll take you to the page that has the state on it. Either click on a state or click on the hot link in the text above it. And that'll take you to the listing of the events that are upcoming. Now, once you've uh, found an event that you would like to attend, and they're listed in alphabetical order by the cities where they're occurring, and then you'll have the state right next to that, and then it'll all be listed uh, by the month by the date of the month that they're in. And then just to the right of that are two more hot links on that same, uh, on the listing for each one. One says information. That will give you the information for that specific location on that specific date, uh, who to contact, the directions to get to the place, uh, any web pages, et cetera, any rules, regulations. And then right under that is another one that says register, and that takes you to the third-party software that we use, which is the Eventbrite software, <coughs> and that lets you pre-register. Now, listen, if you're on this page looking at these uh, these dates and stuff, don't just think about going to an event. Go to an event. Pre-register for the event. That'll help both of us. For you, it makes sure that you have a place on the line. The the days of uh, of you just being guaranteed a place when you walk on are very close to being over. Uh, there are a lot of events that sell out every weekend. So in order for you to make sure you're going to have a place in the line, you're going to need to pre-register. That also helps us because it allows us to see how many people are going to an event, and that lets us schedule uh, the correct amount of instructors and make sure that we have enough gear, uh, targets, T-shirts, uh, uh, port-a-johns, things like that. Make sure we have everything ready for you. So registration helps both of us. Now, <clears throat> uh, the price for coming to an event, the uh, the baseline price is going to be $70 for the two days if you pre-register or $45 for one day if you pre-register. If you don't pre-register, if you walk on, it's going to be 80 bucks for the two days or uh, 50 for one day. And uh, and once again, that doesn't that's not guaranteeing that you'll have a place. That's if there's a place open, then they'll let you come on and walk on. 
for women, it's $10, and for kids, it's 5 Now, women and kids used to be free, but uh, because a lot of times when people get free things, they they tend to, uh, like when a lot of times when folks were getting, they could pre-register for free, then they would just, uh, they didn't have any specific thing holding them there. They would say, oh, well, I'll just go next weekend. I've got a party I can go to this weekend. So they wouldn't show up, and that that uh, was jacking with our administrative stuff. So we have a, now a nominal uh, $10 for ladies and uh, $5 for kids. That is if you are not part of the free categories. Uh, for active duty guard and reserve, there is no charge. For law enforcement officers, there is no charge. Uh, what you'll do is you'll just go to the pre-register and you'll pre-register and you'll click on active duty guard or reserve or you'll click on the uh, law enforcement. All right, that'll let you attend for free. Now, one of the other things that we have also going right now is the ROC, the Rifleman's Opportunity Card, the Rock Card. That means if you go to an Appleseed event, if you pay to go to an Appleseed event and you do your best, but you don't quite shoot to rifleman standards, but you say, look, I'm going to keep going until I get my rifleman's patch. I'm going to keep going until I, until I have mastered the skills and techniques for shooting, the fundamentals, to the point that I can shoot to rifleman standards, to four minutes of arc. And uh, I want to keep coming until I can do that. Well, you take the, the paid apple seed receipt. You also pay for a $20 RWVA membership for one year, and you can get the ROC, the Rifleman's Opportunity Card, the Rock Card, by getting the sticker put on there and get it signed by the shoot boss here. That means you can continue to come to events uh, at no charge until you shoot to Rifleman standards or after one year. All right? <clears throat> All right, well, let's get to the upcoming events. They're going to start the starts the weekend of uh, June 18th and 19th, but there's actually a one-day event in New Salem, North Dakota, on Friday, June 17th. That's a one-day shoot on Friday, June 17th. All right, now uh, starting at the regular weekend on the 18th and 19th, Atlanta, Texas, followed by Bellevue, uh, Michigan, Bonfield, Illinois, Burlington Flats, New York, Castro Valley, California, Chaplin, Connecticut, Corona, California, Eureka, Kansas, Fountain, Colorado, Harvard, Massachusetts, Hinckley, Minnesota, Hopewell Junction, New York, Hubertus, Wisconsin, Katy, Texas. That's a new location for Texas. Lemoore, California, Mannheim, Pennsylvania, McLean, Illinois, Minot, North Dakota, New Bremen, New York, Noblesville, Indiana, Rio Rancho, New Mexico, Roswell, New Mexico, Sacramento, California, Smithville, Texas, and that will be uh, shoot bossed by Tommy Newton, Suwamico, Wisconsin, Sunland, California, Winterset, Iowa. That takes us to the June 23rd and 24th weekend, which starts off in Dalton, New Hampshire, and uh, the 23rd and the 24th. That must be a Thursday and Friday because the regular weekend is 25th and 26th. And that starts in Afton, Oklahoma, followed by Bakersville, California, Boyceville, Wisconsin, Calverton, New York, is ladies only on the 25th and 26th, 
Carrollton, Kentucky is a regular event on 25th and 26th, as is El Paso, Texas, Gibsonburg, Ohio, Glen Helen, California, Gunnison, Colorado, La Crosse, Wisconsin, Lincoln, Nebraska, Manchester, Tennessee, Messina, New York, Mayaka City, Florida, New Philadelphia, Ohio, North Porter County, Indiana, Osage Beach, Missouri, Slippery Rock, Pennsylvania, Victoria, Illinois. That takes us to July. All right, in July, we have a couple of uh a couple of off regular weekends or we our events here. All right, first we've got the Ackley, Iowa, which is a Friday Saturday. That's the July 1st and 2nd. Then you have a Rolla, North Dakota, which is a known distance day. That's where we'll be shooting at known distance for the one day on July 1st, which is a Friday. All right, that takes us to the regular weekend, which is July 2nd and 3rd. That begins in Castle Rock, Washington. Colebrook, Connecticut, Saturday, July 2nd, is a one-day event. And uh, remember, if you're having trouble getting a two-day event accepted by uh, one of the rangers there, <clears throat> try and uh, shop a one-day event to them so they can see what we're doing. And uh, we're not uh, denying access to the range to their regular clients for a whole weekend. All right, they can see what's going on on that Saturday then I think they'll be more inclined to give you the range for a whole weekend once they see what's going on, once they see that you're drawing the people and that uh, this program is a valid program, a valid, viable program, then I think they'll be more willing to accept it. All right, the regular weekend starts again on, in uh, Dundee, Michigan, on July 2nd and 3rd, as is Miamisburg, Ohio, Ossian, Indiana, Rolla, North Dakota. Now, that is the... Uh, the second and third, which follows the known distance on the first. So in Roller, North Dakota, you have a known distance on Friday. Then you have the regular apple seed on the second and third. Okay. Uh, it was me. I might have gone the other direction. I might have had the the regular apple seed on the second and third and then had the known distance maybe on the fourth or maybe had the regular apple seed on the first and second and known distance on the 3rd. But whatever's working for you guys, you stay with it. The regular weekend continues uh, in Santa Barbara, California, July 2nd and 3rd. Rama, Colorado has a one-day event, which is Monday, July 4th. That takes us to the weekend of the 9th and 10th, which begins in Ashland, Wisconsin, followed by Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, Dunbar, Wisconsin, Eureka, Kansas, Great Falls, Montana, Mariposa, California, Mayaka City, Florida, Nashville, Indiana. Ottawa, Illinois is a two-weekend event. That's July July 9th and 23rd. All right, July 9th and 23rd. Those, both of those weekends, I guess, are are somehow a two-weekend event. The regular weekend of the 9th and 10th begins again in Piru, California, followed by Ramsur, North Carolina, Rising Fawn, Georgia, Salem, Ohio, Troop, New York on the 9th and 10th. Well, hopefully I'll be in New York, and I will be at Troop, ready to uh, to throw my hat in with you guys on the 9th and 10th. Troop, New York is a uh, really beautiful Location and it's only uh, just a couple of miles from uh, my in-laws' house. That's where I used to shoot for for years before I even 
began with apple seed, and uh, it's a very beautiful little hole in the wall location. And uh, <laughs> except for the last couple of years, where it's been almost 100 degrees in New York, where it's not supposed to be that hot, and you're shooting uh, in uh, almost a swamp there. Uh, but it's very, very beautiful. Nonetheless, Truth, New York, July 9th and 10th. I look forward to seeing you guys there. Lebanon, Connecticut is a uh, Saturday, is a Sunday, July 10th, one-day event. That takes us to the weekend of the 16th and 17th, which begins in Albuquerque, New Mexico, followed by Alton, Illinois, Augusta, Georgia, Bonfield, Illinois, Buckingham, Virginia, Byers, Colorado, Enfield, New Hampshire, Evansville, Indiana, Fountain, Colorado, Hinkley, Minnesota, Hubertus, Wisconsin, Leyden, Massachusetts, Mannheim, Pennsylvania, Mayhill, New Mexico, New Bremen, New York, Piqua, Ohio, Proctor, Vermont, Rosebud, Missouri, Sacramento, California, Salem, West Virginia, San Angelo, Texas, Springfield, Oregon, Wooster, Ohio, Harvard, Massachusetts, Bowler, Wisconsin, Cloverdale, Indiana, Course Gold, California. Cloverdale, Indiana, and Course Gold, California begin the July 23rd and 24th weekend. Followed by Colfax, Wisconsin, Corona, California. Crittenden, Kentucky, is a one-day event on Saturday, July 23rd for previous attendees only. Folks, you've already been to an Appleseed. July 23rd and 24th begins again in Davila, Texas, right here, uh, right, uh, I can see it from my from my window here, followed by Gibsonburg, Ohio, Glen Helen, California, Grand Island, Nebraska, Gunnison, Colorado, Hutchinson, Kansas, Lake George, New York, Lake George, New York, July 23rd and 24th. Lewiston, Idaho, Lodi, Wisconsin, Montrose, Iowa, Mayaka City, Florida, New Martinsville, West Virginia, New Philadelphia, Ohio, Ottawa, Illinois, which is the weekend of the 23rd, Pittsburgh, Kansas, July 23rd and 24th, as is Raleigh, Indiana, Sherburn, Louisiana. Sherburn, Louisiana, before you sign up for that one, you may want to contact uh, C. McPeak in Louisiana and see if Sherburn is actually back up on the books, because I don't know that it is. Whenever they opened up those flood goats, Sherburn... I believe it was about 30 foot underwater. So uh, before you register for Sherburn, just check and make sure that it is going to be a viable location. All right, that same weekend, July 23rd and 24th, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Slippery Rock, Pennsylvania. That takes us a full month ahead. <clears throat> All right, I told you the uh, prices, and I told you the uh, the way to get your ROC card. I told you about how to get to the RWVA homepage and get to the uh, get to the schedule sheet, and, uh, and we want you guys to do that. Now, listen, uh, we've got uh, uh, Paul Petit from uh, Poker Face. He's going to be on in just a little while, and uh, he's going to be talking about. Uh, about the band and about uh, what they do, why they do it, how long they've been doing it. And uh, we'll listen to uh, a couple of songs. And 
that's going to be in just a uh, just a few minutes. Before we get to that, I got two things I want to do. One, <coughs> I would like uh, to give you guys a chance. If you'd like to call in, you can call in at 347-308-8790. That's if you have somebody that you want to say thank you to <coughs> and uh and tell them uh what a great job they've been doing. Then uh, we'd like for you to do that. I told you that uh, we've got uh, every week. I want uh, folks to I want folks to know that uh, they are welcome to call in and tell people thank you or tell people congratulations. Somebody shot to rifle and standards on the AQT. Then we want to know about that. Somebody just got their red hat, or if they just got uh, the shoot boss status, uh, then we want to know about that. If they pass their PC one, two, three, four. We want to hear about that. If somebody just got a new location or somebody's been doing a great job as a uh, Apple Corps volunteer, anything, then we want you guys to use the uh, the airtime on the radio to call in and say, look, uh, so-and-so has done a great job, and I want to let everybody know so that we can know that uh, that we're not the only ones working in the program, that all around us our people are working just as hard, doing just as much as we're doing. Uh, you just don't hear about them. All right, but they're there because otherwise this wouldn't be a national program with uh, thousands of people working in it and uh, tens of thousands of people being run through it every year. All right, but it is, and it's thanks to all of the men and women and uh, youth involved voluntarily in making this happen. Everyone at Appleseed's volunteer. All right, so if you have somebody that you want to thank, uh, go ahead and take this opportunity to call in before uh, we get on to the rest of the show. And if you have a, uh, if you have some kind of a uh, business that you're doing and you want to let folks know, then, uh, then we want to help you out too. If you have something that you're doing, it doesn't have to be a commercial business. It could be another nonprofit. It could be, uh, it could be anything that. Uh, that is either going to push the program forward, and that is by either uh, making you enough money that you can go to an Appleseed event, or if you're starting a business or et cetera, then we want to make sure that we're patronizing our members, that we're helping to uplift our members and uh, and try and make sure that uh, any ventures that they make succeed. Now, you can call in and do that, too. We'll put you on the air. And the folks at Blog Talk, if you're listening, uh, I'm not charging for this, so this isn't uh, this isn't a... A paid commercial. So once again, the call-in number is three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero. And even though I, uh, even though I have done everything, once again, I've done everything I could possibly do to make sure that the chat is working, running on Firefox, everything currently downloaded. For some reason, I'm still not seeing it tonight. I think I got a message from one of the folks, Lee was the old guy, saying that uh, he couldn't get into the chat. Uh, you know, I've heard from people on a fairly regular basis that that happens. Uh, and uh, I don't know really what to do about it. Um, uh, the chat seems to me to be uh, one of the more problem-ridden aspects uh, of Blog Talk Radio because it seems like it... It works sometimes, and in others it just simply doesn't, at least for me. All right, but I'm not going to be on the chat, so if you need to uh, get a message to me, 
then you can call into the program and uh, talk to the call screener, and uh, somebody sends in a message, and uh, then he can post it into the information section and where I can read it. So, so feel free to do that because I won't be uh, I won't be following the chat. All right. So if you've got some message, you can get it in by doing it that way. Otherwise, uh, if you want to uh, if you want to tell somebody congratulations, or if you want to uh, uh, to toot your own horn, then uh, you can call three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero, and uh, and we'll do that. All right. Before we get started with the with Paul from Poker Face in just a minute, <clears throat> you know we've been reading the letters of the American Revolution, and these are the letters from the folks who were there, and uh, I wanted to. I wanted to read you a couple more letters, and th- these letters are accounts of the of the war at sea. Now, when the American Revolutionary War began, we didn't have a navy. I mean, there was no there was no navy. I mean, there were militias for the towns and stuff, but there was no navy. Uh, there were uh, there were merchant ships, uh, and uh, you know, and other commercial vessels, but there was no real navy. As soon as the war began, then they they started commissioning uh navy ships and privateers, and that basically functioned uh as our navy throughout the rest of the war. And uh, you know, they were trying to build ships as quickly as they could. But the main uh, our main navy if you can call it that, was uh, was a function of privateers, and a lot of folks uh, a lot of folks did that because you know if you're fighting in the militia, then you were supposed to get a monthly pay, but you know you whether you got it or not was uh, was a roll of the dice. And as the war progressed, you're almost guaranteed not to get into anything. And we're going to talk about that on a future show about the sad treatment that was given to the military that uh, won this nation for you. Uh, so you may not get paid. You may not ever get paid in the militia. In the naval arm, in the privateers, it was much different. You went out, you took a ship, you were guaranteed a portion of the uh, of the price of the ship's cargo. So a lot of folks did that. A lot of folks uh, shipped out uh, on privateers, so that they could take the uh, the English ships or the English and French ships in the beginning, because uh, the French were hauling for the for the English, they could take those ships, bring those ships into port. The cargoes would be sold, and they would receive a portion of it. <clears throat> Just uh, privateer and pirate. You know, there's a very fine line. The privateers would carry a letter of marquees and, and letters from the government, whereas the pirates uh, just did whatever they wanted to do. And they also faced execution. Uh, if they were caught, where the privateers, uh, they were they had some protection, not a lot, but they had some protection by carrying official letters from the government saying that this ship is uh, is uh, working under orders from the government as a privateer. All right. Now we did get a navy, and uh, and there were several. Uh, there were several battles 
that were very uh, uh, that were very important. And uh, I'm not going to read it to you now, but because I don't think I have quite enough time to read you about the battle of uh, that everybody's heard about, the most famous one, uh, John Paul Jones and the uh, Bonham Richard. <clears throat> uh, Instead, I'm just going to read you a quick narrative of uh, Captain Philip Beesom. And uh, <laughs> and uh, although it is written in a very matter-of-fact manner, uh, uh, trying to envision all of the stuff that happens to this guy, and it, apparently he didn't consider himself to be any special person or this to be any extraordinary venture, but I want you to listen to... Uh, I want you to listen to to what he went through and the years that he, that he was signing on as a privateer. All right, listen, before I get started on this, I see we've got a, a caller on. I don't want him to be hanging here for the next uh, 10 minutes if he's calling long distance, so I'm going to go ahead and give him a chance to to come on and say what he needs to say. Will from South Carolina, welcome to the show. You're on the air. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Yeah, I just wanted to give a huge thanks to uh, the crew down in St. Augustine this past weekend uh, at, at the Appleseed shoot. It was my first time. I'd actually never even heard of it. My brother uh, uh, invited me, and I had a blast, and I'm hooked. Now you said St. Augustine? Yes, sir. St. Augustine, Florida. Okay, because the information that uh, the screener put on there said you're from South Carolina. Yes, sir. I drove down from South Carolina down to St. Augustine. Yep. Okay. How far was that? Uh, it's it's about a five-hour drive, five-and-a-half-hour drive. Okay. So you would say that that is a uh, a reasonable distance? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And I tell folks, every weekend of the year, except unless Christmas falls on a weekend, every weekend of the year, there's an apple seed within reasonable driving distance. And, and that if it turns out to be five hours, then then that's reasonable. You know, I drove, uh, I think I drove 1,600 miles maybe uh, to my first one. But uh, anyway, tell us about the, the event you went to. You said you'd never heard of it until you went to the event. <clears throat> so was it was it what you were expecting? You know, uh, it, it was not it wasn't. The, the, uh, the history given to me um, was stuff I'd never heard. I, I'd never had any contact with it whatsoever. Um and uh you know that it was it was absolutely fantas- uh, fascinating um and the the instructors and the red hats and the and the orange hats there were just so devoted to all you know the the students and and the history and and it made it just an absolutely great experience and um, go ahead go ahead Oh no! I just you know I like I said before I'm I'm absolutely hooked you know. And uh, who was uh, running the show? Do you remember? Well, uh, there you know the blog name. Uh, let me think. Um, Nine millimeter forty five forty five is is his uh, uh, name on the on the blogs. Um, I know uh, Bruce Schrader was there. Um, Doc uh, Dr. John was there. Uh, yeah, Dr. John was the one that was running the show, I guess. Okay. And uh, you say the history, the history, was it? you said it was surprising to you. Why? Not because 
Was it because you weren't expecting there to be history at the event, or because uh, the history was giving in, in uh, a lot of detail or passionately, or what was the surprising part of it? Well, I mean, yeah, the history was giving me details uh, and passionately, but it, 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 it's, it's history that I never heard. You know, I, I had never, um, I never understood the, the events of April 1975 and the importance of those events and, and, the, and the people that, that that literally gave everything um, for, for for the liberties that I still have today. And right, because as a kid. What you hear a lot of times is just uh, Paul Revere and the Midnight Ride, and he went riding around. He told everybody, uh, "The British are coming! The British are coming!" And then, right, and then all of a sudden, the United States of America, a flag appeared, and there were a bunch of people behind it. And then, uh, and those people got together, and they started up Walmart, and here we are. That, that yes, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's about as much American history as I had, <laughs> and, and and understood, yeah. Yeah. Right, and hey, listen, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, you know, I tell folks a story about how <clears throat> when I first heard about Appleseed was through Shotgun News, and it was through uh, uh, the boss, our furious leader, uh, Fred, who writes a column in Shotgun News, and I read it, and and I said, oh, my gosh, would you please stop talking about the American Revolutionary War? It was 200 years ago. It's all it's dusty. It's moldy. It's you know. It's a bunch of guys uh, prancing around in, in frilly shirts. And please stop yelling about it. Are you? There's something wrong with you. You're crazy. And uh, and then I read more and I read some more and I thought, oh man, man. Now I feel bad because yeah, yeah. It is. It was 234 years ago, but. It's the whole reason that we have our country. Those guys back then, if, if people think that they were, you know, that those people were ancient uh, historical guys who were, you know, they certainly weren't nearly as smart as us, right? I mean, we're awfully smart now. And those guys were just, uh, they were hillbillies. They were backwoodsmen. They were farmers. And yet, if you read the constitution of these united states if you read the declaration of independence if you read the bill of rights you'll uh, you'll see that those are some of the most brilliant documents ever written to date on this planet and uh, and the history of that time period is to me the the most exciting the most adventurous the the, the bravest heroes the most beautiful heroines uh, you know the it's just an absolutely uh, fantastic period in our nation and you know i we tell the all of the instructors we tell the story uh ten fifteen twenty times a year, and even then, I never get tired of telling the story. I never get tired of hearing it. I never get tired of hearing about men and women who were so convicted in their their faith of this nation, that they stood in ranks and and in many cases stood there until they died so that we would have the nation that we have today. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, the um, Mercury Publishing is just coming out with a uh, an interpretation of the Federalist Papers. I don't, I'm sure you've probably heard of that. Um, 
it's out in paperback right now, but it, uh, um, it it's it's again illustrating how smart our founders were, how how brilliant these people were, and and if you take some of the points that they've written in the Federalist Papers, and look the situations that we're in today, happening right now, they foresaw what was going to happen to this this nation if it was left unregulated into itself. And uh, yeah, it's, it, 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 they were an amazing group of people, and, and to to get a better understanding of them, um, it, it's it's a real honor. It really is. What about the uh, rifle marksmanship? Had you done much shooting before you showed up there? You know, yeah. I mean, off and on. You know, uh, uh, I've okay, probably well, been answer, shooting. Answer this real quick before you before you go any further. Answer this before you came. Well, would you have described yourself as a? Uh, as a poor shot, a fair shot, or a great shot? Okay. Before I came, um, I honestly thought I was going to walk through that shooting course until I got to the first red coat and realized just how much I needed. Now, on the first red coat, all I got was three in the 100 and then maybe one in in a couple of the others. By Sunday afternoon, my third AQT, I shot a Okay, you there, Will? Hello? Hello? Okay. Let me see. Uh, Hello? Kirk? Kirk Wheeler, can you hear me? Kirk, you're on the air. Can you hear me? How about, uh, let me uh, check the call screener. Uh, Mr. Call Screener, can you hear me? I can. You can hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. I just wanted to check and make sure that uh, we just had a little blip in the, uh, in the, uh, electricity here, make sure that I haven't lost everybody. All right. Uh, So I guess I must have lost Will during that. Uh, All right. So we're going to go on, and uh, I want to thank Will for for calling in, and uh, that is a great story. And... uh, and we'll go on real quick. Let me give you the uh, the, the like I said the one quick letter here from uh, from Captain Beeson. All right. Uh, in the year 1771, I commenced going to sea from Marblehead in the merchant service and returned from the last voyage previous to taking any part in the Revolutionary War. 
immediately after the battle at Concord, at which time, in consequence of an English sloop of war being in Marblehead Harbor, we proceeded directly to Salem, from which place my father sent the cargo to Andover, where he had removed his family and left me and one other young man to take care of the vessel. On the 17th of June, 1775, I returned to Marblehead, and with 17 more young men, proceeded to Bunker Hill, but finding it impossible to cross the ferry, returned back to Marblehead. I then went to Andover and enlisted as a soldier in Captain Abbott's company, which was attached to Colonel Hitchcock's regiment in Roxbury, from which place we were sent to Dorchester Heights and remained there until the English left Boston. I then went with my father to Lindsboro and remained there until 1777, when I left his house, unknown to any of the family, and went back to Marblehead again and shipped on board the privateer Satisfaction of 14 guns run by Captain John Stevens. We went to sea immediately, and during that cruise captured four English ships, one of which carried 16 guns. On my return from that cruise, I went on board the brig Fanny of 14 guns run by Captain Lee and captured on the banks of Newfoundland. After a severe engagement, an English ship of 14 guns, the captain of which we killed, we destroyed 15 Newfoundland fishermen and proceeded to cruise in the Channel of England, where we captured a French brig laden with English goods. I was put on board of her as prize master and succeeded in getting her into Marblehead. The privateer afterwards went on shore in Mounts Bay, and the crew were taken prisoners and sent to Mill Prison. I then entered on board the ship Brandywine, intending to cruise about the shores of Nova Scotia. But being chased into a harbor by an English sloop of war, we were compelled to run our vessel ashore, when one other young man and myself set fire to her and took to the woods in order to make our escape. We traveled about ten miles and returned to the shore, and finding three whaleboats, took them and succeeded in getting home. I then sailed with Captain St. Barbs from Newburyport for North Carolina. After arriving there, we were blockaded by an English squadron and were obliged to travel home. I then sailed in the ship Freemason with Captain Conway. We captured four vessels. I returned and entered on board the ship Monmouth of 20 guns commanded by Captain Thomas Coiler. We captured four prizes, one of which loaded with brandy. I was put on board of her as a prize master and was then taken by an English privateer and carried to Bristol, from which place I ran away and succeeded in getting to a town called Kingswood, where I, together with another young man by the name of Thomas Johnson of Salem, shipped on board an English brig bound to New York. We soon became acquainted with the English sailors, and after some consultation, agreed to rise upon the officers, take the brig and carry her to Marblehead. When we had sailed as far west as Nantucket Shoals, we did take the brig and had her in possession two days. But we unfortunately fell in with an English sloop of war named the Hunter bound for New York. With the news of their having destroyed the American squadron at Penobscot, we were retaken, carried to New York in her, and put on board a sloop of war at Sandy Hook. News of what we had done was immediately communicated to the commander of the Russell, 74, which together with the Cork fleet was bound directly to England and gave orders to have the leaders in the affair brought on board his ship to be tried for their lives. We were then taken out of irons and went to the boat, myself and an Englishman. We were placed in the stern sheets, 
The boat's crew consisted of six men, commanded by a lieutenant and assisted by a coxswain. The ship lay at a considerable distance, and the sloop in which we were being taken to leeward of them, and the wind favorable to our design. As we were going to the 74, the Englishman knocked the coxswain overboard. I knocked the lieutenant down, took his pistols and dagger from him, and putting the boat before the wind, made for the shore. As soon as we had landed, we obliged the boat's crew to go before us until we reached the house. We were told the, main, the man residing there that we were refugees and asked for help. He informed us that Colonel Washington was stationed at Middleton, only four miles distance with a regiment. We started off for his quarters, and on arriving, we were taken for spies and placed under guard for three days, after which time I, together with the young man, was set at liberty and proceeded to Amboy, where Lord Sterling was stationed with a brigade. He generously gave us a to assist us in getting home. I then sailed in the ship Aurora of 20 guns, Thomas Coiler. We took four prizes, had an engagement with two ships and a brig in which we lost five or six men, and were obliged to retreat and return home. I then sailed for Guadeloupe, mate of a schooner, and on returning was taken and carried to Bermuda. But in consequence of there being no provisions for us, we had the liberty of going at large. Here we found a ship which we reached for St. George's. The ship was rigged and proceeded to a place about opposite on the same island called Salt Kettle, where I shipped on board a schooner bound to Turks Island for a cargo of salt for Halifax. We agreed to take the schooner as soon as we arrived on the coast, but on our passage to Kirk's Island, we were obliged to cut away our mast in a gale of wind in order to save the schooner, and we put for Jamaica. When we arrived off Cape Francois, we took her and carried her in there, but the governor seized the schooner and caused us to be put in prison, where we remained four days, being obliged to beg of strangers part of a subsistence. When it happened that Colonel Thorndike, having arrived there in a letter of Marquis, was accidentally passing by. I asked of him some trifle. He inquired the cause of my imprisonment. I informed him, and he, together with some American captains, prevailed on the governor, and we were taken from prison and sent home in a letter of Marquis. I then sailed in the privateer Montgomery of 14 guns, captained by John Carnes, master, from Salem to cruise on the West Indies coast. We took three prizes, fought a ship of 16 guns, and had 17 men killed and wounded, after which we captured a schooner for New York. I came home as prize master of it. My next cruise was with the same person, John Carnes, in the ship Porus. We captured four prizes. I returned home in one and proceeded immediately to sea in the letter of Marquet ship Cato. Captain John Little for Virginia. She mounted 14 guns and had a crew of 57 men and boys. We loaded with tobacco and proceeded to sea, but we had scarcely cleared the capes before we fell in with three English privateers, one of which carried 16 guns, one 14 guns, and a sloop of eight guns. We fought them from 2 to 4 p.m. when they attempted to board us, but the largest of them, having lost a considerable part of their crew, we succeeded after having our foremast a little below the top and our mizzenmast above the top cut away in beating them off. And we continued on our voyage to Nantes in France, where we arrived without any other trouble. On our return home, we, we made one prize, 
But, happening to spring a leak, we were compelled to stop at San Andero in Spain and repair our vessel. We arrived home in March 1783. <sighs> wow. Okay. <clears throat> and this is just... Uh, this is just one guy, uh, one one fellow, and you know, as I said, he didn't uh, he doesn't seem to be making a big deal out of it. But if you realize, when I, every time I was reading, we were taken or we took, they're talking about a sea engagement, about a, a battle or a uh, or the uh, taking of a ship by force. <clears throat> so the number of times, uh, and I can't even keep track of it, the number of times, the number of ships they fought that they took prize, and then he would get on the ship, the one they had just captured, be leaving it with it, and he would be captured, taken to prison, escape from prison, get on another ship, capture it, take it uh, a certain distance, be recaptured, uh, take that ship, go to prison, get out of prison, uh, on and on and on for eight years. And the number of ships that, uh, the number of ships taken, the battles have, the prisons being in, is... It is absolutely huge. So uh, this is one person. This is one one person's event in the American Revolutionary War. That's just one person. I'm sure that you've probably never heard of uh, Captain Beeson. And yet there he was. And uh, I imagine that 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 would make a, a an awfully exciting movie uh, for the number of sea battles, the number of ships, the, the number of times that he's been in prison and escaped from prison and and jumped ship and and uh, you know and uh, it, it's just it's absolutely uh, amazing. <clears throat> All right. Uh, I told you a little bit earlier that uh, uh, we have, uh, as our guest tonight, we've got uh, uh, Paul Topete from uh, Poker Face, and uh, he and his uh, and the the band Poker Face. So, without further ado, let me go ahead and uh, and bring these guys on. Paul, welcome to the show. Michael, thank you for having me up today. Listen, I want to apologize real quick because I believe in the uh, in the show notes I wrote Poteet as your name because you gave me that uh, that episode to listen to uh, from uh, what is it that comedian's name uh, the news guy the comedian oh Steve Colbert yeah. Yeah, the Colbert Report. Okay. And he called you Tom Poteet. And I said, uh, I go, you know what? i, I got to quit listening to that because I'm going to end up calling him that. And uh, dang if I didn't. Welcome to the show, uh, Paul. Well, thank you. It's a long time coming. Glad to be up. Yeah, if you guys remember, uh, at some point, uh, I believe last year, uh, we invited uh, Paul to come on the show and uh, – and I'd done it uh, a month or so in advance, or maybe even longer than that, maybe two months in advance. And uh, and I got busy, and Paul got busy. And usually I make sure I call the guests and uh, remind them, but I didn't for Paul. And uh, these guys were, I believe, out uh, on tour somewhere, and it was completely uh, we completely got 
mismatch on it, but I wanted to invite him back so that he could tell you guys what the what they're doing. The uh, Paul, your band Poker Face is uh, the number one patriot uh, and protest band in America right now, isn't it? Uh, we've been at it for quite a long time, and we've helped nurture, you know, other acts that are doing protest music. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be rock. Uh, there's folks doing it in rap. Uh, uh, folks are doing it in uh, reggae. Lots of different forms that are are saying the same message of freedom and, you know, waking the folk up that, you know, what what is and as it is is not what should be. Right. And how did you guys, how did you get started? Have you always been... Uh, uh, a liberty and freedom-minded uh, person? I was raised with two parents that, you know, went, my parents were teachers. So pretty much of the year we could go explore the country or the world. And even though teacher salaries in the, you know, 70s and 80s wasn't that great, we camped through you know, much of America, Mexico, Central America, and then all over Europe. And I got to see how the other half lived in, you know, Morocco and Istanbul and saw that, you know, being American, I was blessed. So I've always taken that, like, you know, I, I always have, my heart goes out to the underdog. And uh, but I was I was raised a very patriotic boy. When we went traveling, we'd go see, like, uh, Lincoln's Law Cabin, or we'd go to, um, you know, state parks like Mammoth Caves in, uh, I believe, it's in Kentucky or Tennessee. Things that had national significance, whether it's the history or, or the, you know, the monuments or uh, the, the beautiful, you know, natural reserves we have in this country. And, I just really appreciated that, you know, God bless me being born here. So to one who's blessed much, much is expected. And I feel that uh, the music uh, with my bandmates, this is uh, the mission that we're supposed to be on. And how long have you guys been playing? Um, as a political band, we, we started out as a pop rock, want to be Beatles of our generation kind of band. And halfway through our second disc, uh, the one-year anniversary of Waco, um, first song that was of, of conscience and freedom oriented was uh, America. And that would have been the one year anniversary, 1994, I think April 19th, which is a significant date for the starting of the Revolutionary War and, you know, kind of birthed up the band Poker Face on that date as a political band. Well, is that the, is that, uh, so that's when you guys really got started? Yes. And, um, uh, Dennis and Brett joined in 97 and 98, and we've been, that's been the core poker phase for like 13, 13 years now. And they're great guys. They they put God, country, family first. Um, everything they do, whether it's their, their families or trying to help out in the community or being, you know, leaders at work and being good examples of, of a God-loving patriot, you know. Right, and your music, you guys, uh, you guys come from a, uh, from a libertarian, uh, faith-based uh, backgrounds, right? Um, I'd say more populist. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, we 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 might be like fifty percent libertarian. We're not happy with their open borders or um, free trade, but we, we're right. looking well, for groups. It, it's it's hard to. And I always hate when people try to uh, when they try to put you in a box, or they say that this this one uh, five six seven eight nine ten twenty letter word this is going to describe you. This is what we're going to use to describe you, and it's going to it's going to tell people the essence of what you are. 
and uh, and very seldom does that ever work because uh, you know I got to tell you that uh, I don't I'm not a uh, I'm not an any uh, name person I'm not a uh, Democrat or a Republican or a Libertarian mm-hmm. uh, as far as those names are concerned I'm I'm a a free thinking individual and I have uh, I have my own list of uh, wants and needs and beliefs and a lot of them do uh, do run uh, along the same lines of, of 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 all of those people that I just mentioned so uh, you know I, I I hate to try and give somebody a name of uh, of D or R L or I or whatever. But uh, uh well if if we were to look at the, the political basis of Bookerface, we, we are we like the anti federalists and I don't, most people don't even know that they're anti federalists, let alone that they wrote eighty four killer documents. More from the common man where the federalists were more of the elite. And um all they wanted to do was rewatch the Articles of Confederation and make it stronger. And in the end the Federalists went out and gave us a constitution. So uh we're we're even more basic and more states rights oriented than uh the Federal Union that came out of the Civil War. So, you know, our, four, our favorite forefathers are like the uh, and, uh, Patrick Henry's through the Andrew Jacksons, you know. Right. Right. And, you know, that's, that is what I consider to be the essence of this nation, and that is you don't have everybody thinking the same way. Uh, and when you try and do that, and I don't care what side you're on, uh, when you try and do that, you're going to end up with something really nasty because I'll tell you right now, if you think that the if you think the far left is bad, uh, you know, with their ideas and stuff, let me tell you, uh, spend uh, just a couple of days under the far right, and you will be just as unhappy. So any uh, every time we have something good that comes out of this nation, it's because you have uh, a large group of folks with very uh, divergent ideas all getting input and making sure that there's a balance to what's going on, making sure that one one side doesn't push or run roughshod all the way over the other. And that's what we're supposed to be doing, but it's not what we're doing right now. Uh, we're allowing just a few people in the government to do things that they wish to do. And and it's not turning out uh it's not turning out very good. That's why everybody has to become involved. This, the country was never meant, you know, I don't know if you've ever listened to the show or ever listened to my my rants on this, but I tell people all the time that the government is not the president. It's not the congressman. It's not the senator. It's not the the alphabet acronym agencies. The government is very clearly, uh, it's very it's stated very clearly who the government is in our founding documents. We, the people of these United States. It's the people that are the government. The rest of the guys are just placeholders. They're there to be to serve you as your servant, not the other way around. We're not supposed to go to them on bended knee and, and beg for things. They're supposed to be serving us. But the only way that that will work is for everybody to realize that they have a sacred responsibility and that they have a, they've got a dog in this hunt and that they're, it's their job to be involved in governing themselves. Otherwise, if you delegate this responsibility to your senator or congressman, believe me, they're going to they're going to run with it, and they're going to do 
the things that they want to do without ever consulting you. And uh, right. and that's no good. Exactly. We need to remind them that they are the child in this relationship and we are the parent. And it's almost coming to that time where the parent needs to spank the child's unruliness. Well, you know, I've 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 told people before that my that uh, just like I was saying earlier, you know, I'm not a Democrat, I'm not a Republican, and personally, uh, I don't think that any of the folks there. Now, there's probably a few. I don't want to paint everybody with a broad condemning brush, but I don't know of that many folks that are doing what they're supposed to be doing uh, in the government. I don't know of very few at all. I would just I would be uh, just as happy with uh, taking the names of all the people in the uh, United States, putting them into a hat and rustling it around, and pulling out brand-new senators and congressmen and, and a president out of that hat. And uh, It would be, be better right off the start, though, not, than what we have now. Right, because right now, nobody if you did that, nobody would be owing anybody something else. Nobody would, uh, nobody would have a feather nest that they had to protect and... Uh, <laughs> we could maybe we could maybe start fresh. Well, listen. Let's get back to you. You and your guys. Uh, who is a who's in the who's the rest of the folks in the band? I'll let you say it. I've got your website up here, and if you want to go to the website, it is uh, it is www.pokerface.com. That's the uh, the band's website. Uh, who are the rest of the guys in the band? On bass, guitar, we have uh, Dennis Bidler. He's a uh... He sings backup as well, and we have Brett Griffiths on guitar. And for like the last couple of years, we've had uh, people rotating in and out of the drummer seat until we find uh, the the right you know cat to, to fill it full time. But we have some talented friends around us that like to help us out. They like the music, so depending on what area of the country, uh, we we might use you as a you know drummer for the night, which is pretty cool yeah. because we have we have some great friends and it gives us the opportunity to jam with them. Yeah, listen. I was in a, I was in a band for many years, and uh, and one of the things that I found is that uh, the the drummers, unless you're very lucky, uh, the drummers are the guys that uh, that come and go, and it's hard to find Crazy, a good drummer. And uh, they're they're not musicians; they're beaters. Yeah, I think that too many too many are beating their head, and you know, they go insane. Look at yeah, my history, man. Keith Moon from The Who, or uh, Led Zeppelin's drummer Bonham, man. I mean, just they were the craziest ones on the band, and everybody else was pretty crazy to begin with. Yeah, we had, uh, we always had, we're always, we were working with different drummers, and uh, the bass pairs. It seemed like the, those guys are usually always the uh, the very steady, quiet guys, and then you've got the uh, the vocalist and the lead guitar players. Uh, or the uh, lead vocals, or the you know the, the guitar player and the lead uh, uh, and the uh, lead vocals. Those are the two guys that are always uh, punching each other in the face and uh, you know and stuff like that. But uh, but being in a band, uh, being in a band was a uh, was certainly a learning experience uh, for me. And listen, you guys are are doing a great job. You've got uh, let's see, you've got six albums out now. Well, the six is uh, in production right now, and we hope to have that later this year. Okay. And, uh, America. and you guys play at a lot of different venues, but uh, the one that I think that the, the folks listening to the show tonight are going to most recognize is uh, Knob Creek. You guys play at Knob Creek every year, right? Oh, twice a year. 
And uh, we have a really good relationship with Kenny Sumner's family. And we just love going down there. We're treated like family for the weekend. And it's an opportunity to meet a lot of our fans in the campground area where many of the years we've had large groups around the campfire while we're jamming acoustic style. And people are bringing different things to, to the party. Like, you know, I've never had such a different assortment of deer meat, whether it be deer stew, deer sausage, you know, deer cutlets. It's just, it's crazy, man. But uh, I love the community. And uh, I don't know. I wish more of America was like that. Well, we were talking, you and I were talking on the phone earlier today, and you guys are trying to put together, well, it's already done. You've already got it put together. Uh, I was actually talking to you about maybe trying to get get one here in Texas. But you guys have a gig coming up uh, at the beginning of this next month called Freedom Palooza on July 2nd and 3rd, right? Yeah, it's over the Forefathers uh, Day weekend. And it's 20 bands, 20 speakers over two days. Uh, so people get a different taste of topics that are never mentioned on, on the uh, nightly news that I think they need to know about. And um, we love the truth, and we would love to see this turn into a traveling festival where we go into different regions of the country and bring the best of that local area out with, you know, maybe two or three mainstays traveling with the tour, you know. It would be great. And then uh, be able to bring in the survival in so people have an ability to buy tools that they, they might need in, in the coming years, you know. Right, and we were talking about this, and the way it's going to uh, – now, this is this is the, the first one, right? Yes, sir. Uh, we've talked about it probably for, like, the last 10 years, and everything right. lined up nicely for it to happen for this year, so we have this the right. first one. and you guys uh, – and you and I were talking about it and stuff, and I, I thought it's an absolutely fantastic idea because here's what they're going to do. They're going to uh, – they're going to put on the, the show, this weekend show, and uh, they're having a gathering of – the uh, of musicians who are all uh, you know are close to playing the same kind of music, and then at the same time different speakers uh, who are going to be talking about uh, uh, freedom and liberty, uh, American patriots that are speaking, and they're going to have vendors there, uh, just like uh, Paul was just saying, uh, folks that are bringing uh, stuff like uh, survival tools and uh, literature, uh, DVDs, tapes, you know things. Yeah. That- yeah, you, are you guys going to have like uh, uh, the uh, oh, what is that? The guys like Mountain House or something like that? Um, uh, no, you know, like freeze dried food or stuff like that. That the uh, the vendors it's there because that would be a great idea. Like that. Oh, definitely included for future things, but no, not this, not this first one now. Well, that would certainly, uh, if this turns out really well, I think it'd be great to have, you know, a big gathering of uh, of the prepping community. You know, folks. Uh, Folks who can, uh, you know, put on, uh, who can talk about organic gardening and, uh, you know, food storage and all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, all of that. I think it's an excellent idea, and it's right on time because people need to to hear about that now. You know, I was listening to a uh, a program yesterday. Uh, I was from uh, Jack Spierko from the Survival Podcast, and he was talking about how the uh, there was a an organization now that was dedicated to uh, teaching American veterans who are returning, guys who have uh, you know who have been shot up and and you know have been uh, traumatized, PSTD and stuff like that, and uh, and how it is teaching them organic farming, and they said that uh, 
that just the act of organic farming for these guys is doing uh, way more than any of the rest of the the treatments or therapies that they've been doing. So well, they're learning a real tool, like Jesus said. You know, don't give them the fish; teach them the fish. Empower them with yeah. knowledge. That's exactly right. And uh, they said it was working wonders for these guys. And I think that 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 is some of the stuff that we, uh, as Americans, that we're losing by we need to get back speeding to your, up. Yes. Basics. Yeah, we're speeding up. Where everything has got, we got to go so fast. We got to do. We got to do this so fast. We got to work and make a lot of money so we can buy this and buy this and buy this. When it's like you're chasing this elusive happiness, and uh, and you're never gonna find it until you slow down and uh, and you do the things that are truly meaningful and that uh, that will help you. And uh, so, uh, so I'm really excited about that. And. Uh, you guys are also involved in uh, – who else are you working with right now? I see you, you've got the Freedom Palooza. Uh, what do you have coming after that? Uh, Live Free or Die Festival in New Hampshire out of Jeffrey, uh, New Hampshire, put on by Mike Coteau, and it's just a great event, lots of uh, – a wide, diverse group of freedom. Um, people get together in the, in the town square during the day, and then the bands play at night up at uh, his place, and – you know, it's a good place where friends that have talked on the internet or Skype or chat boxes or whatever can actually press the flesh and say hello and chill out and hey. And it's good to know that you're not alone out there. And uh, we need more of that because you're not going to get the uh, the kudos on the nightly news. You know, especially if you're in the gun community, you're always going to be demonized. But we're probably the, the most stalwart, you know, beautiful people of America because we care. Right, and in. Uh, in uh, I haven't been to uh, anything like the like the uh, Freedom Palooza or anything, and I haven't I've never been to Knob Creek for the machine gun shoots or anything like that. But what I have done is I've done years and years of Appleseed, and uh, I can tell you one of the reasons I do it is because because I know that at every event uh, the folks that are going to show up are the absolute best folks uh, that America has to offer. And uh, and that's what keeps me going. You know, that's what keeps me... Uh, funny funny uh, that you say that, because being in this band and, and a lot of functions that we've gotten to play at, uh, we've got to meet, like, some of the best Americans that are out there. They they care as much as I do and as much as my bandmates. And uh, we get to meet them at such a cool, close, per, interpersonal level, you know. And... Uh, Hopefully we can plant seeds amongst some of those some of those nodes, some of those leaders, and you know. In the end, it's it, we have to rebuild the American community. We've been balkanized, we've been fractionalized, and we we need to be friendly with our neighbors. If any if anybody has a right, it's the South. I, I can go to like Houston, Texas, not know anybody, and people driving down the street will like wave hello at you or shout at you. And I mean, you don't have that here in the Northeast. It's very cold. It's very impersonal, don't look at me, don't talk to me. And, you know, God didn't put us on this earth so that we ignore each other, that we, you know, have these little boxes around us and we don't interact. I mean, the, the flesh experiences the interaction between people, you know. Yeah, well, you were laughing at me earlier because because uh, I told you that my wife was a Yankee. And uh, whenever I go to New York, I go every year, and uh, and she told me the same thing. You know, we'll be driving down the road, and, and here... It's just a common courtesy. If I'm going to the highway, another car is coming toward me and starts to pass me. It's a common courtesy to 
to wave hello. You just wave. It doesn't matter if you know them or not. You just wave hello. That's what you're supposed to do. And uh, just friendly. Yeah, or you talk to people, you know, on the street, and uh, <laughs> and, and we'll do that. We'll be walking down the street there in New York, and uh, and I'm just talking to the people that I'm walking by. Hey, how's it going? How are you doing today? And uh, my wife will Looking say, away. stop. She goes, stop talking to those people. <laughs> because they're going to think you're crazy, crazy or that you're, or you're, doing, you're going to try and do something to them. I go, what? I'm just telling them hi. Crazy, oh. friendly she man. Says, she goes, they're going to think that if you say hello, then they're going to think that they know you. And I said, well, I, uh, okay, it doesn't bother me. <laughs> but uh, but that's, the way, that's the way folks are supposed to be. And I'm not saying anything against the North or New York or anything else. I'm just saying because, in actuality, uh, the folks that I've met up there, and I'm not talking about New York City. Uh, I'm talking about uh, this is central New York. The folks there really are uh, just as good of folks. They they, they have a little bit of different uh, uh, customs and stuff. Like when I say hi and stuff, sometimes people are a little bit freaked out. But if you get past that and you and you talk to them for just a few seconds, and they're going to talk to you the same way that uh, that anybody else does. And uh, there in central New York, it's it's really if I would have closed my eyes and uh, were transported there from here from central Texas, uh, except for there being more rain and stuff there, it'd be hard for me to tell the difference. You know, there's there's open land and fields of corn and big barns and stuff like that, so it's a it's not a whole lot of of different. But but folks have like we were saying earlier, everything is speeded up so much, and everybody has the boxes built around them and nobody talks to each other now everybody instead they text or they email or you know and it seems like you're going further and further from having a real relationship with another person which is very sad and uh, and I get that uh, at least once a month if not more from doing the uh, Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship events and it's also very it makes me very happy because it reaffirms to me that I, I'm not the only one uh, who sees that that we should be doing more as a nation to safeguard the freedoms and liberties that, that living in this nation provides us. The people that show up at the events, they feel the same way. They feel the, they feel the same obligation to their nation. They feel the same respect. They do. And, uh, and that keeps me going. And I'm sure you, I'm sure you get the same thing uh, from you guys some of the you play cool, concerts. Well, we get some of the coolest uh, emails or letters or packages from folks from all over the country. and So those are the things, like you said earlier, those are the things that keep us doing what we're doing because the, the, pay, the pay sucks. There isn't any. It's right. not because of love of God and country family. It's not because, you know, somebody's paying the, the meter. It's our, our time, our blood, our sweat and tears. And But, you know, a, a cool little example at Knob Creek, um, it was probably back in the fall, but this uh, homeschooled family, a dad and uh, four little kids came up to us. And uh, the one little girl, the oldest one, comes up to me and she goes, can I have your autograph? She's probably like, you know, eight, nine years old, and then they go down from there. And I go like, you want my autograph? Why do you want my autograph? And she's handing me the, the little Patriot Primer constitutional book, you know, that's out there. And she goes, you're a poker face. <laughs> I'm like, wow. <laughs> then all of her brothers and her sisters all had their little constitutional book, and they wanted you know, everybody in the band to sign it, and the dad just goes like, yeah, they know who you are. You're loved by many, whether you know it or not. And it's just like, wow, man. Looked up at Father's, like, thank you, Father, for that blessing for today. 
Right, and and that is that is not the norm because it's not the norm for for parents to be giving their kids a copy of the Constitution or for them to uh, or for them to be teaching them uh, respect and love for their nation. It seems like today that's why it's, you guys are such a uh, such a not an oddity but or maybe an oddity in the uh, the music industry. Because it seems today, if you want to get somewhere, if you want to uh, be loved and revered by millions of Americans, then you got to talk about how how much you hate this nation and how terrible it is, and uh, and uh, that just tears me up inside. I go I go from being uh, completely sad to being absolutely furious uh, right. about that. It's an actual emotion, brother. You know, if you're a, if you're any type of any type of a an artist, uh, a musician, an actor, uh, anything like that, and you you have a conservative or freedom and liberty uh, based view, then uh, you're ostracized and you are uh, you're blacklisted. You know, it's the the reverse of the uh, of McCarthyism. And uh, uh, if you're if you love America, if you wear a uh, a flag pin. If you have a uh, bumper sticker that says "I love the Constitution" or uh, uh, anything like that, not only are you ostracized by uh, a lot of Americans and the mainstream media, you're you're put on a uh, threat to America list by the by the government. <laughs> Up is down, black is white, and you know, good is bad. Yeah, and I'm always times, amazed Michael. at. Uh, how did we get here? How did we get to this place where, where if I, if I, you know, where the, where the government wants to take down, take the American flag out of schools because it could, it's offensive to some of these students. Oh, how they get, how we got to the place where, if I have a bumper sticker on my car that says, uh, "God bless the founders," and I believe in the Constitution of these United States. That uh, there's a good chance that I might get pulled over because there's a a good chance that I'm a domestic terrorist. I, I don't understand how we got to this point, and and it bothers me because what I see is, uh, you know, the 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 way that a country usually functions is like a pendulum, you know, and you right. can have uh, you can have a little bit going way, a little bit back the other way, and that's good, you know, that keeps. That keeps things uh, in a from, from becoming static. But if you pull the way over to the left, and then it finally breaks loose, you know where it goes. It goes all the way to the right. And like I said earlier, that's no good. You know, we we don't we don't want to, to go from one extreme to the other. So when I see the the things in America pulling so far in one direction, that's what worries me. Is that is that a break loose or a break free of it would cause it to swing uh, just as far the other way. So before it gets to that point, we need to do our jobs as Americans, and we need to make sure that we are involved in in governing ourselves and making sure that as free men, we're governing ourselves and we're involved in the in the process of governing this nation so that we don't have that, so that we don't have a uh, a pendulum that's getting pulled farther and farther uh, 
to one side. And that's the problem that I see with with conservatives uh, is that they seem to keep thinking that uh, they don't need to do anything or they don't need to say anything because, uh, look, I'm not going to say anything, I'm not going to do anything because obviously uh, everyone will know that that is wrong and they shouldn't do it. You know, I don't feel like I have to get up and tell anybody that. And then they're surprised, they're completely shocked when when Congress passes the uh, uh, the uh, oh I can't think of the name of it now anyway the uh, uh, the McCain-Feingold Act you know where you can't have political speech the 30 days before an election uh, yeah, and then you're stuff like that. yeah and then you're absolutely fundamentally shocked and rocked to your very roots because you know the Second Amendment the uh, uh, all of the uh, all of the the different rights that we put in there were put in there for a reason, and the freedom of speech wasn't put in there to protect you from uh, from burning a flag or anything else. It was put in there to protect folks from correct. Uh, yeah, from from uh, repercussions or from uh, from problems resulting of freedom of political speech. That was the whole reason it was put in there, was so that you couldn't that you could say that uh, oh I believe that Governor so and so of the colonies is uh, he's not doing his job and you wouldn't get arrested for it. So so this so the whole thing of saying well we can't you can't say anything about a, a politician thirty days prior to the uh, election it just it, it's a horror. Yeah, all uh, I know. Well, Sex is the status quo, and you know it's tough to have any change when they, right. you know, exclude all the other parties when they have really hard levels of of uh, signatures needed to get on the ballot. It's it's just crazy. All right, listen. Let's uh, let's uh, let's play a song real quick, if you'd like to do that. Sure. And uh, I'm gonna play. Uh, we had. Uh, Control is how we open up the show. I'm going to play uh, Freedom now. Welcome to 
sick of the uh, the predatory, you know, lending type of attitude where greed is good. And, you know, while the, you know, the masses suffer, it's not meant to be that way, man. No. No, and, you know, I tell people <clears throat> that one of the problems that I find now, that right now, that one of the main problems that we face is that back in 1775, you know, at Lexington Green, at the North Bridge in Concord, along Battle Road, back to Boston, and for the eight long bloody years afterwards, is that the folks at that time, they had a very concrete uh, problem that they could see. They could see the problem is standing right there. It's wearing a red coat. It's trying to take my freedom. And the answer is right here, which is what I have with is with my friends uh, standing in ranks and repelling them, fighting them, conquering them, becoming victorious, and starting a nation independent of them. And that was the answer, and that was what they did. Now, well, the red coats, the red coats were marching to uh, Sam Adams' place. You're, you're uh, progeny, man, and trying to basically do gun control, man, take his armaments and his gunpowder and everything else away. So that, that's going to be uh, a linchpin for the Second American Revolution, is if they declare martial law or try to go after the guns. You know, well, history will repeat itself. The, the the problem nowadays is that the enemy which is, uh, I'm not saying that it's it's anything other than uh, apathy and laziness. The enemy is just, uh, is just as dangerous, and that is the assault on the freedoms and liberties of this nation. It's just as dangerous. However, there's not a concrete place to focus. You know, the enemy is the constant erosion of our freedoms and liberties, and, it's, and I compare it to... Uh, uh, like a bridge, like a like a huge steel bridge over uh, over a bay or a river or something, and its rust is attacking it. And guaranteed, that rust, just as surely as uh, a thousand kilos of uh, of explosives, is going to bring that bridge down. It's going to bring it down. It's going to fall in the river, fall in the bay. But it's hard to get people excited and rallied up to go and fight the rust. But if you don't, if you don't get over there and chip that rust away and repair it, then the results are exactly the same. And right. that's the problem that I see today is the is the apathy of folks uh, not wanting to try and conquer uh, the problem, not wanting to face it, and the ignorance that there is, in fact, a problem. You know, I tell people I to come to an Appleseed event. Uh, go ahead. The, the, the beer's still flowing and the sports are still showing on. So Macoma Drip is in, in full, you know, full gear, man. So until, you know, nobody has jobs to go to or homes to go to, you know, unfortunately it always has to take to that last, last straw. And, uh, I don't know. Right. We're, we're it, it has freedom, to brother. get to a point that, that we never thought it would get to in order for people uh, to actually, act. to yeah. actually act. And, and that is, that is a sad fact. And, and, and working against that is always a very hard thing to do. But we try and do that. Uh, we try and do that every every weekend across the United States uh, within reasonable driving distance. There's an Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship event, and then you guys uh, give us again your uh, your upcoming events. 
Well, big things that Patriots would be into is our freedompalooza.com, which is Forefathers Day weekend, July 2nd and 3rd. Uh, last weekend in August is the Live Free or Die Fest up in uh, Jaffrey, New Hampshire. And then the second week, I think it's the 15th, that week in uh, Mob Creek, Kentucky, out in, uh, for the machine gun shoot. So uh, we, we put the offer out there, Michael, if you guys want to you know, send somebody to speak at the Sunday portion of the Freedom Palooza, we'd love to have you. Well, listen, uh, when you and I were talking earlier today, you said that uh, at the upcoming Freedom Palooza that you guys uh, would have some room for some folks. Uh, if Appleseed, uh, if some Appleseed folks in Pennsylvania there wanted to get involved, then they could contact you, and uh, you would uh, provide some room there for them to... Uh, for them to have a table. Sure, they, they need to bring the table, but there'll be a spot for them if, if they want to come up and... You know, educate the crowd to what you guys are there, or at least let let them know like when when other ones are going to happen around them. Right. So if anybody wants to do that, uh, you can contact Paul. Give him your uh, your email address, Paul. You can contact me at PokerFace. The band's name at PokerFace.com. Uh, the two websites you can go to are FreedomPalooza.com for the event, or PokerFace.com uh, for the band. Okay, and if you guys, if anybody wants to go to the uh, Freedom Palooza weekend, July second and third, and uh, bring a table with you, and and uh, apple seed uh, literature and targets and T-shirts and stuff like that that uh, you can give away at the event, then uh, contact uh, Paul. If you guys, if you have any trouble, you can contact me, and I'll be glad to put you guys in touch. And uh, you can go to it, and then you're going to have. Uh, uh, let's see, what was the the next one after that? Uh, the Live Free or Die Festival in Jaffrey, New Hampshire. Okay, the Live Free or Die Festival in New Hampshire. What What is the date on that? Uh, last weekend in August. I don't know the actual dates on the calendar in front of me. Okay. All right, well, listen, I want to tell you thanks uh, for what you guys are doing. Because like you, you guys are doing it uh, pretty close to the way that that we're doing it at Appleseed. Uh, I know that you're, you, you guys are not a uh, not-for-profit uh, organization. We are, and uh, but it seems that everybody, uh, everybody who's doing this, uh, trying to safeguard the freedoms and liberties of the nation, is doing it because of the passion in their hearts. Now, very few people are ever getting paid to take care of freedom and liberty, and uh, and that's the way it should be. But right. uh, but if guys do, if folks do want to help, they can go to uh, PokerFace.com, and uh, you can snag some of the albums there. And I'm sure that would uh, that would certainly help the band. We're also looking for volunteers, you know, to help us throughout the day. So um, if you're in a volunteering mood uh, to help put on a cool, cool freedom musical festival, uh, let us know. We could use the help. Right, and you and I were talking about that uh, earlier today too, which is. Uh, I'm going to be working to try and get one uh, for next year here in Texas, get you guys to come down, have a nice big event where we do have a bunch of vendors and uh, and uh, everybody else. So uh, I'm going to be working on that. Well, Paul, thank you very much, and uh, and we'll see you guys out on the road. I won't be in uh, I won't be there in time to see uh, the Freedom Palooza, but I'll be up in New York in July. So I'm going to try and swing by and see you guys. Thanks for what you're doing. And, and thank you uh, for what you do, man. You know, you, you tell the people what's going on. Without you, they don't know. 
So we all, all right. play the part. Well, we're going to go out now with uh, control. Thank you, Paul. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. And we'll see you next uh, Tuesday at 7 p.m. Central Time. Broadcasting live to billions of people.
shadows on the streets dragging who we need You call this liberty Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 